Welcome back to Strip It and Chat. My name is Chris. My name is Max. Been a crazy weekend, eh? Uh, yeah, been a been a good weekend, I guess. It's uh, you know, finally a, a positive game after what seemed like a pretty uh, miserable game against Tottenham. I guess you know the headlines were we bounced back, answered the critics, and all that jazz. But you know, overall happy that we just won a game. I mean, it's Newcastle, but we we I'll take those. Uh, yeah, it's, it's a it's a good feeling, you know. No pens, you know. We were talking about it over the weekend. Uh, yeah, it's satisfying, I guess. Right. It is. It, it is more of a satisfying win. Like we were kind of joking about it. That um, right before Bruno stepped up to the penalty, I kind of said, um, you know, I kind of wish that we didn't get the penalty. <laughs> Uh, so that we could, if we did end up end up winning, we would you know earn it more. And then what do you know? We Bruno misses misses the penalty. I think that's like what like the first in like twenty attempts for him. I think um, that he missed, and we had to earn it the hard way. And it was a lot more satisfying. Also, given the fact that we scored like three goals, uh, you know, near the end was 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 great. Yeah, it's. I think it was well deserved, and. I think overall, I think the I felt good about the match because I think we were creating enough chances for me to feel confident that we were going to get that second goal. I think, right? Um, yeah. So let's let's get in let's get into the game. So I guess like we could start off with um, you know the kind of comical start, I guess you could call it, and kind of almost like. When it happened, I'm kind of I wasn't even that like surprised. I'm like, oh yeah, this is this is pretty typical. The uh, the Luke Shaw own goal uh, in like the first minute and twenty seconds kind of you know shocked the systems and and you could see like the headlines being written already in the papers. You know, Manchester United in free fall, Ole Gunnar Solskjaer to be sacked in the morning. You know, when that first goal went in, um, it was it was pretty interesting. And I have a hot take on it. You know, the commentators and everybody and the reaction, you know, nobody blamed De Gea. But, if, you know, from my point of view, it seemed like De Gea could have, could have done something there. I feel like he could have stretched his hand out and, and gotten a save there. He didn't seem that flat-footed, you know, when the cross came in. It seemed a little confusing for me. I don't know about you, Chris. I thought that was – it was a weird sequence of events. Um, I understand that keepers it's difficult for keepers to react um, off deflections, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I, I totally understand what you're saying because, first of all, the deflection was to his um, to his left uh, near post, right? And it wasn't a very strong deflection to begin with. Exactly, it kind of looped over his head. Yeah, like exactly. It was, it was going in slow motion in, in a way. Yep. And I thought that was a bit weird for, for his standards because his reflexes are are usually pretty good. Yeah, and like honestly, so I I you know, like you see a lot of these goals. I mean, um there was that same exact goal kind of today with um Leeds and Wolves, the the winning goal by uh, Jimenez kind of, you know, that situation where, you know, the player shoots the ball one way and the keeper goes 
in that direction to save it, but then a deflection takes it the complete opposite way. The keeper is caught flat-footed. It's a goal. It happens a lot. But in this case, I it didn't seem like De Gea was really caught flat-footed. He was starting to move to his right, but was still on his left. I just think that he could have gotten a handout and saved that, to be honest. He just kind of looked at it. Maybe thinking it would yeah. go wide. I'm not sure. Yeah, surprisingly, I haven't heard much um, of a reaction, yeah. a negative reaction from pundits or... They usually jump on him, right? The jump on De Gea sucks bandwagon is huge these days. Yeah, um, Roy Keane, you know, spearheading that yeah. that movement. I, you know, I guess like winning helps, obviously, because people are very quick to forget, you know, what happened. And in in a lot of ways, Dave definitely definitely made up for it um, early in the second half. Yeah. Or I'm not sure when exactly it was in the second half. I think somewhere in mid um, mid second half. Great save on was it Saint Maxima or was it no no it wasn't Saint Maxima. No, he, he was it, awesome. it was uh, I think it was uh, Callum Wilson. Yeah, yeah, great save. It was I think it was just on the line. Yeah, there and there's the reactions we we were looking for, right? Yeah, exactly. And. <laughs> Hey, maybe um, apart from that, I, I guess like having having Henderson gives you a bit of a you know a peaceful state of mind. Yeah, it, you know, regardless if if Dave does mess up more often, right? Yeah, yeah. Dino. I, we have Dino. I have nothing to worry about. I agree. I have that same mindset where it's like because De Gea, you know, kind of injured himself during that game at one point. Um, he kind of hit his hit his arm awkwardly on the post. Um, for I think it was for a free kick or something like that, and he kind of went down for a bit, and I was like, oh, that's fine, just 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 put Henderson in. Uh, whereas before, it would kind of be really dramatic and be like, oh, I, like he 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 better get up. He's he's our only shot, right? Um, so yeah, yeah. It like a weird shoulder injury. I thought for sure he was about to leave. Yeah, but I think also he I think he knows in the back of his head that if he if he does kind of give it up, if he does kind of give up that spot, and then. And then Dino comes in and then, you know, puts in good performances. That might be his job, right? I so mean, I think that's there's a little good. bit of that. Yeah. That's great. Competition, you know. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I agree. Yeah. It's healthy. It's very healthy. Yeah. So, like, sticking so sticking on to the game, um, you know, we um, – Harry Maguire heads it in, um, you know, and we get the game tied 1-1, kind of, um, you know, silencing the critics again, you could say, you know, from his recent performances, they weren't too great, both internationally and domestically. So it was, you know, I think, I think we're all happy for him, um, to, to, to get a goal there. He had very subdued celebration, you know? Um, so that, that was interesting, but I think that for the majority of the game, yes, I think we were always comfortable. I think Newcastle didn't really test us that much besides that one chance from Callum Wilson, which could have changed the game completely if Newcastle went up, but that didn't go in. And that was the only time they really threatened us. I feel like we were in control of the game. You could you could see that by the stats, by the shots on target, all the shots we had. But I don't really think we were going to score. You know, before the, the substitutions were made, I felt like we weren't, we were missing that kind of cutting edge. You know, I just, it just, it, it didn't feel like we, we had that, you know, last bit of creativity in the final third to to get that go ahead goal. Um, so I'm glad s- substitutions were made eventually to change that. Yeah, and Ole definitely nailed the substitutions. But I had a bit of a different opinion. I I, I felt pretty confident because 
you know, about getting that second goal because Bruno had that disallowed goal because Matto was offside. Beautiful goal, by the way. Very, very promising, right? There was another chance that Rashford had. Another, uh, it's a one-time ball by by Matta. And Rashford was slightly offside. Who knows? I think VAR would have ruled him offside. But that was another great chance, right? Mm -hmm. Those were glimpses that gave me a little bit more hope. Because, yeah, as you said, Newcastle didn't really have much to offer going forward, right? But I, I, I do agree with you. After the substitutions, you know, Van de Beek, Pogba coming in, just slicing through that midfield, right? I think also the players coming yeah. off was a big uh, was a big uh, impact. I think Fred, um, I'm yeah. going to be I'm going to be critical on his performance because, um, in my opinion, in my honest opinion, I don't think Fred offers that in the midfield. Um, I think he's very easily replaceable. I mean, you throw in anybody else in there, they do the same job. You know, granted that they're a decent player, like who who can pass you know, side to side, but in this specific game as well, I think Fred had a couple of loose balls um, where he lost possession and he just didn't offer us anything uh, both offensively and defensively. And I was really, I guess not disappointed because I can, we can kind of expect that kind of performance from Fred. Um, But I was, let's just say I was happy to see him uh, get subbed off uh, sooner rather than later. Yeah. I'm totally with you on that one. I mean, Fred, I never understood the the compliments and you know the hype around Fred you know on the and the Red Devil subreddit for example saying oh yeah Fred's like one of our best midfielders I don't agree with that with that at all um, he had a good stint at one point he had a good stint and he was doing well um, but again everyone anyone can have a good stint I know and that's that, that's that's and you know within the, the pecking order of our substitute midfielders right um, I I would say you know number one would be Donnie. Second would be McTominay, right? And then be Fred, in my opinion. At least Scott, with Scott, he offers a physical present, a physical presence. Yeah, absolutely. Right. Yeah. I, I like, I really like Scott, and I think he can also improve for sure. Mm-hmm. Right. Oh, I even forgot a Matic. I think yeah, it will be Donnie, then Matic, then Scotty, and then Fred. Right. Yeah. It's just that Fred just plays it too safe. Right, we need someone like Donny to push forward. You know, to cut through that midfield. Right. Okay. So, like, we can touch on on Donny here, and I think that he was the key substitution, and not Pogba. Um, mm-hmm. I think that when Van de Beek came on the field, I think he gave us another dynamic in that final third. Um, I think what he does extremely well as a footballer is finding those pockets of space in uncomfortable areas, you know, for the opposing team where he kind of slips in behind, um, finds a space. And then when you do play him a ball, he's always thinking, you know, one step ahead and he already knows where his, his pass is going. Right. And it's, and it's kind of a one, two thing. And that just speeds up the play. And I just feel like that's exactly what we needed, what we were missing during that game. So, you know, when we had that, um, I think that we were much more threatening, and you know, and like proof of that was was um, in in Rashford's like, uh, or sorry, in, in in Bruno's goal, the the go ahead goal, right? Um, that build up play started with Donny Van de Beek in our in our end, um, you know, kind of doing a a one two um, with uh, I think Bruno initially 
on on the wings and then it ended up to Mata and then one two touch to Rashford and then boom we're in their box so I really like Donny van de Beek it, it surprises me so much that Fred is ahead of him in the pecking order I don't understand that besides maybe a tactical thing um, but really like Donny van de Beek I think you should see more of more of the field for sure it, it, it's got to be the the Ajax blood like you could totally see that he he sees the game in such a different way than most people, mm-hmm. right? He's always making those runs inside. And a little thing that I've noticed is that our center backs like to play out to the side a lot, especially Lindelof, for example. But you can see that Venebeek is sort of kind of asking Victor to, you know, to pass it through the middle to make that... Um, to make that incision, right? Yeah. But we don't really have the quality. But you could tell that, I guess, the way that Ajax plays as well, they, they have different passing routes, right? We're, I guess, at times, we can get very predictable. Mm-hmm. And, you know, with side-to-side passing, you know, it's not, it's, it's... Yeah, absolutely. It's very, um, it's not, it's not sexy. It's not, it's not a, it's not exciting. And it's very, and it's easy for other teams to defend against us oh absolutely i mean it's it's yeah. way too easy and and that was our issue for um a lot of last season i think before the covid break i think we were just extremely predictable um you know we were doing build-up play but there was we weren't building up to anything um we didn't you know like we just didn't have that quality and i think with bruno arriving um when covid and then when covid started back up i think that we were we were a little better in that sense. He, he, cause Bruno himself was kind of doing that, right. He was finding those pockets of space here and there um, kind of sitting just in front of, you know, the center backs and just behind the midfielders kind of finding those pockets and then, you know, finding those important passes as well. And he kind of did that. And I think that um, now uh, with Donny van de Beek, I think he just offers us so much and I would really love to see him. Um, you know, being that starting 11, to be honest. So why do you think he's not starting? Uh, yeah, it's, that's, that's a tough question. Like I said, I think, um, I think it has to do with tactically because, uh, you know, Donnie likes to venture forward a lot. I think, you know, he said it himself. He's a, he's a, he's a box to box midfielder. Um, so while he does give you, you know, a little bit tracking back, he can, but a lot of the times he'll, he finds him, he finds himself drifting on the edge of the box. So should there be, you know, some sort of counter from the other team, uh, that leaves us a little bit vulnerable with, you know, say he's playing with, um, Pogba and Bruno, you know, Bruno, Bruno is going to be up there as well. He's, he's not going to be tracking back as much and Pogba, um, would play a little bit more of a defensive role, but you know we know Pogba. He likes to stay up a little bit more, so I think that's why I think Fred is more um, careful. He's more reserved with going up the field. Um, that's the only that's the only reason I could I could think of to be honest. Hmm. I, I think based off performance alone, there should be no reason. Yeah, because right. at a certain point, you just want the best talent you have on the field. Because exactly. screw screw all these formations and and tactics. Like yeah, okay, they're important. You know, in terms of the fundamentals of the game, but you want your best players on the field, you know, more times than not, they're going to get the job done. Yeah. And I, I think my, I think my reasoning, um, I, or my 
guess as to why Van de Beek is not starting is probably because Ole wants to protect him and maybe ease him into the Premier League, right? Mm. Um, I've seen this with um, with Klopp and Fabinho, right, uh, at Liverpool. Um, I remember when Fabinho first joined, like he, Klopp wasn't playing very much, and you could people were like were confused as to you know because he's quality, right? And and I think Klopp said he just wanted to ease him in, right? And obviously, it's paid off. Mm-hmm. Uh, Maybe I think, Maybe. yeah, it... and I, I I think Ole does have a good track record of easing people in. Uh, you've seen it with Mason, although different situation, but kind of the same principle, right? You don't want because confidence is so huge. Yeah, right? but he's and especially with how United are heavily scrutinized right even one bad performance you're labeled as a flop or um useless (laughs) useless fridge you know yeah uh, with mcguire yeah and yeah uh, we'll see we'll see tomorrow right whether if Ole does rate him to start the big games I mean, he's he's no spring chicken either right um you know greenwood being uh he just turned 19 um but you know Van de Beek is 23 years old. He has really good experience, you know, playing uh, in the in the Eredivisie, but also the Champions League, right? Like a, like actual senior experience. Um, so yeah, again, it's tough to say if Ole is you know trying to trying to ease him in or whatever. I mean, that's that's tough to to judge from the outside looking in. But at the end of the day. I just think that he offers us something that we desperately need going forward. And yeah, I just, I think he should, I think he should start to be honest. Um, see how that goes because yeah, I mean, Pogba, especially with Pogba's form, right. He obviously didn't start yeah. this past weekend. Right. And there are probably various reasons why as to uh, uh, why he didn't start. And I think most the biggest factor is is that he's just been poor. His performances have been poor, especially with Tottenham. And it looks like he's distracted, or he's it looks disinterested. Well, I mean, yeah. I think first of all, I think everyone was poor against Tottenham. There, you know, there wasn't, you know, like that that game is a throwaway in terms of performances. Yeah. Um, I think we ignore that one. But I think I think it could be a, a mixture of things. I think. I think Pogba may not be up to form yet because of uh, because of COVID. I think you know you know him being out for for those two weeks not training. I think he's a little bit behind. Like the team itself is kind of behind in terms of all the other teams that had their preseasons or whatever. But us playing in Europa League, we saw again in our first couple of games right against Crystal Palace and then even in, against Tottenham we were and and Brighton we were we were awful right like we looked behind the, like they looked better than us Brighton. So I just feel like we're not up to form yet, but we're gradually getting there. And I think we're going to see, you know, improvements in that sense that we're going to be a bit more, you know, um, just, just better, you know, more clean with our passes and, and more precise, I guess. But um, Pogba specifically was held back even more because of COVID. And yeah, he hasn't, you know, he hasn't hit the ground running. And I think Ali knows that. Um, but there's also the possibility that he didn't play or didn't start because Ali knows that he's not really up to fitness yet. 
Um, so maybe he's resting him for for uh, PSG. So we'll see. We'll see if he starts. You know, that's a very good point that you bring up about not being fit enough. And we also have this game in hand with City um, in terms of, uh, I think, because we, we, we missed the first weekend of the Premier League. Mm-hmm. Right? Um, interesting fact, actually. Um, if we were to win that game in hand, we'd actually still be above Arsenal and Chelsea. That's the only fact that matters. That's, and it's crazy to me that, I mean, people love to rag on United. Okay, they'll take any chance, right? Yeah. But maybe we're not as bad as the results may show, right? Because Tottenham, as bad as it was, the red card didn't help, right? I think the game was over by then, right? I mean, yeah, but let's, yeah, that game was, that game was a shambles and it was embarrassing. Let's, I don't, I, I don't want to talk about that game. But, um, like, yeah. you know, I think, yes, it is, like, it's, it's early days. It's early days in the season. Um, there's, no, there's no way of, uh, of telling what kind of team we're going to be in the future. Um, like, we've only played, what, four games? So I don't think you can take too much out of our performances right now. Um, just give it some time. Yes. I mean, you know, it's just, it's just so reactionary. I mean, you know, take, for example, you know, Tottenham against West Ham, you know, the game on the weekend. Crazy game, by the way. Um, crazy, you know, last minute goal for West Ham to equalize it. Tottenham were up three nothing, but then blow it in the eighty second minute, um, and three three, you know, final result. Uh, just crazy, right? But at the at at the half, people were saying, like, people were praising Tottenham, like, oh my god, like Kane, Son, you know, um, and then Bale coming in too, like Mourinho's figured it out. Like, I can't believe Manchester United let him go. Like, they're gonna challenge for the title. And then West Ham comes back and ties it. And then people are saying, oh, they're a bottle job. You know, they're not going to do anything this year. So it's, it's just, you know, goes to show. Like, we don't know yet. It's just everything is reactionary. Um, it takes time for teams to figure out who they are and for things to stabilize over time. So who knows? Who knows? Just a minor comment on the Spurs-West Ham match. I did watch the first half and actually tuned... Um, I turned the match off because I had to run some errands. But, uh, you know, based off the first half alone, I genuinely thought Spurs looked like title. Yeah, I mean, that was the same thought. They, they yeah. did. Yeah. They did. It is, it's, they 100% did. Even You can even argue for the first 80 minutes because I rewatched some of the... I rewatched the match from the 75th minute onwards and... They had two decent chances to put West Ham away. Yeah, yeah. Um, Kane yeah. hit the post, and Bale just missed. I think he also hit the post as well. I, he just missed, but um, like, yeah. Honestly, though, like Tottenham, yeah, like the first three shots on target, three goals, and I'm thinking, wow, these guys, Kane and Son, are different class, world class, unstoppable. And Kane and Son are like, yeah, they're they are different class, right? Hard to stop, but. And, you know, that was just the first half. And then the second half, it, it, it turned on its head. West Ham were the better team. They had more possession. They had more shots. Sure, Tottenham did have those chances to finish off the game, as you do with players like Kane and, and Bale, you know, on the pitch. That's bound to happen. But West Ham were the better team in the second half, and they deserved to come away with the results at the end of that game. They earned that result. Um, so, again, you know, like you see 
weaknesses in, in, in teams um, like you do with us, like you did, like we did with Chelsea, right? They tied again against Southampton. Um, you know, like it's still, it's still early days and, and we got a, we got a long way to go. Yeah, we'll, we'll find out soon enough, especially with Chelsea and Arsenal coming up. In the yeah, league. tough stretch. So, so just to move back um, to the, the match against Newcastle, right? I think when we both saw the starting 11, we were both a bit, we were a bit shocked. Right? Yeah. With Dan James and Matt on the wing. But, you know, I, I don't think they played poorly. And I think Ole deserves credit. He, he stuck to his guns. He benched his best players, right? And, and um, you know, with Pogba and um, actually Marcial can play, obviously, but um, Greenwood was out. It, it was the right decision. Yeah. I yeah um... And I think and James actually put in a good shift. And this is why we should play him on the left. He should be the backup left one. Yeah. Uh, in my yeah. Opinion. So, like, honestly. Yeah. He looks so much yeah. more comfortable. So, honestly, um, you know, the starting 11 was surprising. Clearly, you know, things changed. I think there was, like, five changes. Um, whether that's resting up for the game against PSG or, you know, some knocks here and there. Um Definitely was a bit surprised by it. I'm like, oh, here we go. You know, Dan James starting, Mata's not going to give us much. But, credit, yeah, like you said, credit to them. Um, you know, Dan James was a threat on the left side going forward. Um, I think every time he got the ball, I think he attacked Newcastle and, um, you know, had them tracking back a lot and, you know, had, had them, like, on the edge of their toes, basically. Um, so, you know, that was great. And, like, we haven't seen that from Dan James. And that might be because he was just been playing on the right, um, focusing on like crossing and things like that. But on the left, it seemed like he was, he didn't even cross once. I think, I think he was just literally cutting from the left to the inside, just attacking the Newcastle defense, which is clearly what he's best at. And that was great. And then Matt also touching on him, um, just a class performance, right? Like he actually, you know, offered us really good link up play. Um, and again, we haven't seen that from, from Mata lately, you know, he's kind of just been like a passerby, kind of like a Fred, you know, left to right passes. But in this game, he was he was super effective, controlled the game as well. So, you know, huge shout out to to Dan James and Mata, man. I love Juan. Yeah. Just, just just as a person, you just gotta love Juan, right? Yeah, and he needs to start more against the lower tier Premier League sides. I'm not saying he should be starting more often, right? Because at the end of the day, he's still, he, he's, his pace is not the quickest. And I think he'd get exposed easily against the yeah. better sides. But I'm very happy that he's staying around. Like a great locker room presence, right? And I'm sure Donnie, Bruno, they all love to play with Juan. I think, I think everybody loves him, right? There's, I think everyone in the league respects him, too. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Uh, yeah, so I guess for tomorrow, it's a big match yep. against PSG. So we have some early team news. Uh, first off, Maguire, Cavani, Mason, and Brandon, they're not available mm-hmm. uh, due to various reasons. So we'll start with, um, with Harry. I think he sustained uh, a slight tear. I'm not sure where. A slight tear. Um, yeah, I read it was a slight tear. Um, he's going to, but not serious enough 
for him to be out multiple weeks, I guess. It, it was sustained at Newcastle over the weekend, but he'll hopefully he'll be able to go against Chelsea. So maybe we'll see uh, Lindelof and Twanzevi start. It, it'll be curious. It's it, it'll be, it's intriguing because maybe we'll go five at the back tomorrow, and we'll you see and your five at the back. Hey, you love that. You, you're you're bringing that up every podcast now. Your your special five yeah, at the I back. Think, yeah, but like I, it's I think it's the only way that Teus starts because I don't think I don't see Ole starting Alex Teus over Shaw right away. Like that. Yeah, that's true. Um, and a Lindelof Tunzebi pairing at the back on its own is uh, not something I'd want to hang my hat on, to be honest with you. Um, exactly. That's that's a little scary thinking about it. And you know, thinking about it now, that's probably the case because you know, Bayi wasn't. You know, he also wasn't on the on the on the squad that traveled. So those are our our, our two real options, right? Am, am I missing anybody else on on center back? I don't think there's anybody else, right? I think, you know, we have Timothy Fosu-Mensa that can maybe play center back, but he's usually just more of a right back. But, uh, yeah, that is is scary. Um, The thought of Neymar um, going up against Lindelof and Tunzebi is uh, is a little concerning, to be honest. Yeah. I think we'll go a bit more defensive with five of the back. It just makes too much sense. Yeah, it seems like it. Um, you know, a positive though, we'll have we'll have uh, Anthony Martial back. Um, you know, we'll have Anthony Martial. Yeah. We'll have we'll have Rashford up there. Um, I guess I guess yeah, you could probably sneak in. Um, probably Dan James again. Do you think Dan James gets a gets another start here? So if he plays, so it depends on what formation we play, right? Yeah, and I think. If we do play five at the back, we won't be playing Dan James. It'd be so three at the back would be Shaw, Twanzebe, and Lindelof. The midfield five, as we would call it. So I'd say Teas, um, Bruno, Pogba, maybe someone like Matic or McTominay, and then Juan Bissaka on the right. And then at the top two, you'd have Anthony. Anthony and Marcus, and yeah, Marcus, yeah, yeah, potentially. So I guess I guess that's your that's that's your predicted starting eleven. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm hoping we see Donny start instead instead of Pogba. of Pogba. You think? I don't know. I'd like to have Pogba playing playing in the midfield there, in you know one of our biggest games. Like, regardless of the yeah. critics he gets, like he's one of the best midfielders in the world. Sure, he's not up to like 100 percent right now through his performances, but you know, a seventy percent Pogba is still our our best midfielder, I think. So, I think I think you get I think you get like you got to play him here. Um, you know, he had a chance to rest up uh, against Newcastle. He didn't play the full game. He didn't play the full ninety. So, he's he's rested and and ready to go. To be honest. Yeah, Cavani also not available. Not surprising. Mm-hmm. I do think he'll be ready yeah, he, for Chelsea. I think. He he's That's only had two training sessions, and he hasn't played a you know competitive game since March, like before the lockdown. Um, so, you know, no surprise there. Um, I think all he said in his in his presser that he's in. They're hopeful that he'll be in contention for the game against Chelsea, so he might make a you know a, a substitute appearance. Um, 
when the weekend rolls around against Chelsea. And I'll be looking forward to that. That'll be pretty exciting. I'm excited for her. When, whenever you get a new signing, almost it doesn't matter who it is. You're always excited. Like you always look forward to seeing that new signing play, right? Like there's, there's this little hope in Absolutely. you that thinks that this player is going to change everything, right? Like this is going to be the solution. And you just want to see how, how they play. Just see a new face too. It's exciting. Mason Greenwood and Brandon Williams not included in the squad. I think, well, always says it's injury related. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't know. I, I would probably. Yeah, there's been some break. reports out there. Eh? Some some reports that uh, there's been there's been some disciplinary issues with uh, with uh, Greenwood and and maybe Williams as well. Um, but but yeah, it's it's a little interesting to see. Um, Mason, you know, being completely left out of the squad against Newcastle, but then he was he was training. Yeah, uh, I think today. So, I don't know. I don't know. A bit strange. Uh, it could totally be disciplinary, right? That is like the. But he's not. I, I think always just doing a good job, maybe handling in house, which is the way to do it. But also, it's based. It's it's pure speculation. It is. It so, is pure speculation, and there's no way for us to know you know, what's going on inside, inside the club and, and things like this happen. I mean, he's, you know, he's only 19. So obviously he's not fully, fully mature yet. He's still trying to figure things out. So if there's some disciplinary issues there, that's not surprising or concerning. Um, yeah. Yeah. yeah, He's a kid. He's younger than us. You know, who, who, like the, honestly, the exemplary example of, you know, a teenager playing for Manchester United and then carrying himself with like the utmost dignity I guess you could say is Marcus Rashford. I mean, you you don't see that often, right? Where there's a young English talent coming through um, at a really early age and then sustains his level of performance and doesn't really get into any type of trouble. Like, how rare is that? Well, yeah, so it could still happen. But I mean, he's he's yeah. you know so far so good to be honest. Marcus Rashford, MBE. Yeah, MBE and. I'm so happy he played well. Yeah, it was good to see. Weekend. It, 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 it baffles my mind. You have these so-called supporters just telling him just to shut up and play, uh, <laughs> play footy. People really saying that? Right. It's just, well, yeah, it's actually, it's, it's ridiculous. In you got to get out of there, man. Those replies, are, that's like, toxic Marcus, stuff right there. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Like, Marcus, um, we need you to focus on football. Like, oh, as if footballers don't have lives, you know, outside of I mean, football, he can easily focus right? on football and fight, you know, um, you know, like the, the, you know, the child hunger, you know, issues that are, that are, that are in the UK right now, you know, like Im- impoverished children in the UK without, without meals is, is a really good cause to fight for. And, um, you know, all the power to Rashford for, you know, taking the initiative there on such like a basic human right. Thing that shouldn't even be an issue um but him putting his you know i guess leveraging his resources and his clout i guess you could say to you know impact some change there it's really you really love to see it no i'm i'm very proud to see someone like that represent our club yeah it makes you think regardless if he puts in a bad shift we're going to keep him forever just <laughs> just because of uh you know his contributions to English society, that's like, that's someone that you want to be associated with 
a club like Manchester United, you know? He, he bored him better. Uh, you know, yeah, so. I, I, I think Rashford I mean, never leaves, yeah. to be honest, unless something goes no, clearly no wrong. But, you know, knock on wood here. Yeah, exactly. Oh, and um, another piece of team news. Bruno. Uh, was Bruno, Bruno, Bruno. <laughs> yeah, no, Bruno. good, good for him. I mean, the way he's carrying himself, he's already carrying himself as if he was the captain um, instead of Maguire. I mean, both on and off the pitch with his, um, you know, post-match, pre-match pressers, you know, like the way he's answering the questions, you could kind of see that he's a leader and that he knows what the right things to say are. And then on the pitch as well, right? Keeping players accountable. Um, you know, make, making sure, like yelling at players, literally like telling them, telling them that they suck pretty much. <laughs> you know, that's, I think, I think uh, he said in the presser today, he brings qualities in terms of his personality that the team needs at the moment. I think we, we, we lack that kind of, that fighting, fighting edge in, in, in a player, you know? I think he's our best signing since all They caught take there. I think, it's it's that's probably accurate though, um, like if you think about the players that we've signed since, and Percy. Yeah, even think about Pogba, mm. but like the the way that Bruno has sort of transformed the club, right? There's like a shut, it's like a sudden shift of mentality. Like there's a different feeling. The like, yeah, you know, exactly. He brings atmosphere. that. He brings you know, that attitude. He brings that aura. You know, it's uh, he. He brings the attitude and he carries himself like he's playing for a club that's the stature of Manchester United, right? Like that attitude. He, this is even a hotter take, but I think Bruno is what we hope Pogba would be. Yeah, yeah, to an extent. Granted, I think, keep in mind, Pogba is way more talented of a player and just a better midfielder, hands down. But... Yeah, you're right. I mean, I guess Pogba hasn't stepped into that leadership role like we wish he did, uh, like or like we wish he he would have, you know, which would like which is a shame. But I, I don't know. Maybe he's not he's not fit to be the main yeah. guy, right? Maybe he's asked to do much, like mm-hmm. too much, in yeah. a sense. Yeah, I'm so happy for yeah. Pogba. I think he's my favorite player of the club at the yeah, moment. Yeah, I think uh, I think he's he's an easy contender for that, to be honest. Um, you know, and the stats show it as well. You know, I think his his goals and assists record is is uh, is very elite at the moment, and he's involved in like every goal basically. Like, even on his worst day, he'll he'll nab yeah. an assist or a goal. Yeah, I think that's yeah, how good. He absolutely, is. I agree. I agree, man. And, um, you know, we'll see. Uh, pretty nervous about tomorrow, but uh, we'll see what happens. Maybe maybe we can squeeze a result. Who knows? Yeah, I, I'd be... You know, I, I don't feel too nervous. Actually, maybe a bit more nervous because I thought about yeah. the centre-backs <laughs> just now. But if you think about it, if you compare this team um, to the one we had two years ago, on that fateful night mm-hmm. in in Paris, aren't we a better Absolutely. side compared to then? Absolutely, I think uh, there's no doubt about that. Um, again, you know, Bruno kind of really did, 
was like the catalyst for the change in the squad. But even with the emergence of, of Greenwood and then the kind of clicking between Martial and Rashford, you know, they're more solidified into the squad. Uh, I do think, I do think we're better. Um, but again, it's kind of easy to be better than that team. Um, that team was, was not very good. Um, so, you know, it's a pretty low standard and we've got a long way to go to get better. And again, I'm going to reiterate really quickly the absolute shambles in the transfer window that occurred. And honestly, for the last couple of years, like there's been no support from the board for any manager that's been in that position. And that's really frustrating because it seems like we, the managers come up with these targets of players that we're interested in and it never gets done by the board. And that's very concerning. I'm just going to leave that out there again really quickly. Um, yeah. But anyways, like if we, if we would have had, you know, um, Holland and, and Jaden Sancho and then, you know, the center backs we wanted, then I think we'd be, we'd be fantastic. But here we are today with a couple of, you know, panic buys at the end and we go through a whole season and we'll see what Ollie can do. You know, I, it's not even Sancho and Holland. Like, if we had a center mm-hmm. back like Upa Makano, I feel amazing coming yep. into the season. Yep. Or even tomorrow's match. Because I think the biggest question mark is... Yeah, which is a shame, to be honest, because I think our back line last season had a, had a really good record. Um, but, but even then, Ollie was still trying to get reinforcements um, because he knew how thin that was. You know, how thin the back line was. Like, one injury and we were kind of... We're kind of scrambling. So, so yeah, uh, you know, disappointing that we started off the season. We did conceding all those goals. Um, but again, when I said this a couple of times before, but it's still early days. We got a full season ahead of us, you know, every team and every team is kind of fighting with this, uh, with the coronavirus pandemic, like the Im- implications of, you know, sudden positive tests from players. I think we're going to keep seeing that where, uh, one or two players test positive, and then all of a sudden they're they're out of the squad for two weeks. So like that's an, that's another added dynamic, right? Like besides just injuries. So you know we'll see, we'll see, we'll see um, how we survive. But again, our depth is nowhere near where it needs to be, and I think that's going to cause us problems uh, mid season. I mean, we'll have to see, right? Things can change, especially over the weekend. If you look at Liverpool. Losing Van yeah, Dijk too, for too bad for him. Also, season. you never want to wish right. that kind of injury on a player. It's awful. No, I, I that was an awful tackle. Yeah, that was. I don't know what he was thinking. That was terrible. How he didn't get sent off, and there there was no retroactive um, action, I believe. On yeah, really strange well. situation there. So, um, like, I mean, it's just I think I think the <laughs> the rationale there, which doesn't make sense, but because so they obviously called the offside, right? And so that yeah. happened before Pickford jumped in and demolished Van Dyke. So I think since that was after the play, they, the ref thought that he couldn't take any kind of action on it um, and that it was basically nullified by the fact that it was offside and basically saying that that play never existed. Uh, but which is strange because you see, you see refs give cards all the time like for you know, actions after a whistle or whatever it is. You know, players bumping heads after a whistle and player gets a red card, right? So, I don't know. That's super strange that there was no action there. Uh, can't believe that, really. It's a straight red. Yeah, no, I mean, no no, question about it. I think Jordan 
Yeah. Yeah. Street red. Jordan Pickford should be very careful when he walks in the yeah, they're, they're, in Murphy's side. They were kind of uh, saying that, but um, that. honestly, uh, you know, we, we wish Van Dyke a, a speedy recovery and and uh, hopes that uh, he can get back towards the end of the season at, you know, best case scenario because they're saying he's out for the season. But who knows, maybe he can make an appearance um, this season again. I guess that's what they're hoping for. I mean, this makes things a bit more interesting, right? Because – Liverpool. I mean, they'll still be. I think. I think. Be, I think Liverpool are still favorites. Two, to be honest, I think. Uh, I think. Really, I think it's City. I think. I don't know. City. Uh, I think City. City, City have been really so stagnant though, that. like lately. I don't know. They just haven't. They just haven't been like those, a dominant team that you just know is going to bang in four or five goals against you. You know, like they've they've been kind of stagnant lately. So, um, I just think that. Yeah, I still I still like Liverpool to be honest. Um, yes, Van Dijk is a huge loss, um, but I still like Liverpool. Yeah, but do do Liverpool's centre backs? So I think it's Gomez and Matip. Do they because they're they're known to be in very injury mm-hmm. prone, right? So as soon as one of them, yeah, them, I don't know. I, I don't know what their depth is. Do they do they still have Lovren on the team? Okay, so yeah, I honestly don't know what kind of depth they have at the center back position, but they might look to some to some youngsters, I guess, if they're that desperate. Yeah, watch oh, them sign with Omicano. I, I would be irate. I would just pain. Oh, Will Smith, think pain. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, I mean, we'll have to see. It, every, every top six club has an issue, right? Chelsea, backline. City also, maybe the backline. I don't know with, I, I don't know about Ruben Diaz. I haven't really watched him. Yeah, me neither. I'm not sure how good he is. I, I don't know much about their signings, to be honest. But I... Yeah, do you, I also agree with you. City have been a little bit stagnant, right? I think we... I think United have closed the gap mm. on City just a little bit there. I mean, we, we did yeah, the but, double. You know, them, right? that doesn't mean anything when the season's over. No, but it's like the previous years we get demolished at the Etihad. Yeah, but anyways, I think uh, I think there's still you know there's still a huge gap there. I think that's that's the uh, that's, that's the final point there. I think um, we still have a huge way to you know long way to go um, to get to uh, Liverpool or City. I think Chelsea and Tottenham still have a gap to go to um, Liverpool and City. I think they're a bit closer than we are. Um, and you know what? I've been surprised with how well Arsenal have played. Honestly, I think last season they were terrible. But I think, uh, I think this season they have a little bit of belief with Arteta, and I think they're trending in the right direction. I'm not convinced I'm either, not convinced. but I think that they're, they're trending there, right? Like, it's not like they're a really good team right now and like, you know, they're competing top four. Like they're not I don't think they're there yet, but I think they have the potential to get there. I think they're trending upwards. For me, in terms of promise of the three London clubs, I'd say Tottenham. I'd say Chelsea, Chelsea then Arsenal. Tottenham Arsenal. 
as much as I love watching Havertz and Pulisic and Werner, I think they're great players. It's like so much talent. Spending all that money it's crazy. Don't... Yeah. It's no, I know. It's no yeah, point it's... if you can't defend. You're, you're like I said, it's can't basically a Ferrari everything. at the front and like a broke down minivan in the back, you know, like, um, but you know, going forward, they are just so yeah. dangerous, so so dangerous, and it's it's honestly fun to watch. Yeah, yeah. Well, tomorrow afternoon, PSG, Man United. What other notable Champions League matches are there? So I know on Wednesday, I think it's yeah. I I checked really Atletico. quickly, and I don't think there's that many interesting games. I think they're all kind of like. You know, like a good team and then like a not so great team. I think the other one interesting game is is um, Chelsea and Sevilla. That's going to be a pretty good game. But I think other than that, there's not that much to look forward to. So I think I think really it's our game and Chelsea's game that everyone's going to be uh, tuned in. Yeah, feels we're good. The, man. We're the marquee <laughs> Feels good. Yeah, feels good feels to good. be here. Enjoy now, it while it lasts. This other competition that we're not we're not going to talk about. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I think yeah. that wraps things up. I think um, uh, we went on a bit of a tangent there talking about the league, but um, yeah, <laughs> you know, it it is what it is. Um, again, I think we're going to reiterate that we're. I feel like this is going to be a theme, but I'm I'm cautiously optimistic about the season, and we'll see what happens. But nervous about tomorrow for sure. Um, but just good to see some Champions League football again. Um, at the end of the day, I'm just happy about that. Too bad there's no fans. Uh, listen, we, we could be so happy right now, and then and then literally in less than 24 misery. hours, we'll just be. <laughs> yeah, just just. Be, we'll see. We'll see. We'll be, we'll be experiencing so much pain. Yeah, we'll see. Uh, Stratford and Chat will be back either tomorrow yep. or Wednesday. Yep. Give us some time to process it. Slash grieve. Maybe. And maybe we'll discuss. Yeah. Maybe we'll discuss yeah, other good. matches as well. I've been but Max. Until then, uh, my name is Chris. And we'll Cheers. see you this see you this week. Yeah.